Welcome to another episode of Legacy of Freedom. I'm your host, Eric McBride. I'm glad that you joined me today. Have you ever thought what in the world is going on with the church? Today, we're going to be talking about a book that I picked up several years ago, copyrighted in 2015, The Fire That Never Sleeps, Keys for Sustaining Personal Revival. The authors are Michael L. Brown and John Kilpatrick with Larry Sparks. So grab your cup of coffee and let's talk about the things that we're experiencing now as believers and to see what the Holy Spirit would say to us about the days we live in and the days to come. One of the things that uh, I picked up this book several years ago, and as I began to read it, it began to stir in me uh, a desire uh, for the things that God has promised that he would do, and also to look at a reference of what he has done. In chapter 6, this chapter says, Where is the fire? We are suffering today from a species of Christianity as dry as dust, as cold as ice, as pale as a corpse, and as dead as King Tut. We are suffering not from a lack of correct heads, but of consumed hearts. Vance Havner. There's a sad phenomenon in the church today. Bored believers. God's children are finding the gospel stale, and going to church doesn't provide much relief. For some, church attendance, at best, offers a quick and temporary lift. At worst, the weekly service is something to be endured. And outside the church building, it isn't much better. Revival is a divine confrontation. Heaven extends us an option. Continue as normal or recapture God's definition of normal. I'm thrilled to see pockets of communities of pioneers in the church today. These individuals have given their lives to further the cause of Christ, normal as it does not satisfy them. They are going with their second option. They have caught a glimpse of what true normal looks like, as defined by the New Testament, and are pressing in with every fiber of their being to see the demonstration of faith restored in our day. This is where the cry of revival comes from, holy discontentment. Our eyes see the gulf that exists between what was the normative in the New Testament and what has become acceptable today. Where is the fire? The fire starts to burn again when we recognize that spiritual boredom is not our inheritance in Christ. You see, in many circles, there's little happening, little going on. A lot of socializing, a lot of getting together, but there's no vision. There's no hunger. There's no focus on the things that the Bible tells us to look for. Jesus, when he ascended, he commanded his disciples before he ascended to wait and until the promise was fulfilled, that they tarried into Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit came. There's a difference when the Holy Spirit leads the people of God. 
Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians about concerning spiritual gifts, that it is the same spirit that gives the gifts, but the gifts different. They're different in their nature, but it's one spirit who gives the gifts. And the church is one body, but many members in particular. And we, as a church, are made alive by the Holy Spirit. Without Christ, you don't have life. Without Christ, you don't have the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of truth. The fire that burns is not a fire of passion, but the fire of God, the fire of the Holy Spirit that burns within us. And people that are bored or they're struggling with a stagnation. A lot of people are discouraged, oppressed, worn out. But Acts tells us that these who were baptized in the Holy Spirit were turning the world upside down for Jesus. The wind of the Spirit brings life. If you remember back in, as God told Ezekiel to prophesy to those dry bones, when he prophesied, the bones begin to rattle. They begin to come together. They begin to move. That is the picture of the Holy Spirit. When we speak what God says to speak, then the Holy Spirit begins to work upon the very thing that looks scattered, dead, and dry, impossible for that to live without God doing the miraculous. And as we begin to see where the church is and we look at it and we say, God, what do you say? What are we supposed to speak? And we begin to prophesy what the word of the Lord says over this church, over God's church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we're talking about the church. We're not talking about a church that is man's kingdom, man's building this kingdom, what he desires it to be. It's what Christ said it would be. Someone said recently that ministers, now don't get me wrong, but listen to what he said. Ministers are some of the most insecure people that he knew. Why would he say that? Because the carnal shows up. Insecurity, fearful, competition, forgetting that Christ said we're one body, that if somebody is preaching or doing miracles in his name, let them alone if they're not speaking evil of Christ. But we war and we begin to be fractioned and we begin to attack one another. And the church is in a, in a state that it needs the life of the Holy Spirit. Remember what I read at the very beginning? We're suffering from a species of Christianity as dry as dust, as cold as ice, and as pale as a corpse, and as dead as King Tut. I was reading on the Internet on some in news feeds, and it's talking about the pews in churches being empty that it's difficult to even get the little old ladies with their prayer books who were the main furnishing of the church, their elders in the church, and now they're absent. And it's because without the Spirit, there's no life. And what we need is to come back to the place of praying and seeking and crying out to God in repentance and for the moving of the Holy Spirit to begin to revive us again, O Lord. Do it again, God. 
Send revival, Lord. David said, I cried out to the Lord. He inclined and he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of a deep pit. Listen, if we find ourselves in a place of compromise and powerlessness and dry, dusty religious observance without the Spirit of God, we have found ourselves in a pit of despair. And we need to repent of whatever sin there is. If we've tried to do it on our own, if we've forgotten God, we need to cry out and we need to begin to pray. Listen, I want to encourage you to pray for other churches, not just the one that you belong to, but so goes the church, so goes the nation, right? So we want to see revival begin to burn in houses of worship. People begin to be drawn to the spirit of God's moving again and to hunger and thirst for that. Listen, we can't do anything without God. We're not wise enough. We're not strong enough. We're not enabled enough to do this. It is in Christ that we move, we live, we have our being, we breathe in him. We Everything about us must be flowing through the impartation and the, the spirit of God in our life. You know, when the church first began, they would go from house to house teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah, Acts 5.42. I mean, think about it. When we get together, most most times our talks are what's going on socially, what's going on. If we're saved, if we're born again, we always come back to that communication of Christ. I find myself when I'm with my friends and before we leave some somewhere, we we're talking about the things of the spirit, things that Christ is our focus on. And and that's why the early church was passionate about being saved and what Christ had done in their life and where he was taking them. And if he did it for me, he could do it for you. So today I'm telling you that the fire of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the church that proclaims the not the Messiah that was and he's no longer the center of his church and his church is doing it theirself. He is the one who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. He's the one that holds the seven stars in his hands in Revelation. He is the head of the church and he is looking for the church that is lined up with with his calling and his plan for his church. You know, in when he spoke to the the churches in Revelation, he would exhort them and he would re- rebuke them and he would tell them to repent where they needed to repent. He would warn them and he's doing that today through the prophets, through the apostles, through the word of God, through the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists that are preaching the word of God. He is making himself a church that is ready for him to flow through his church in these last days and to draw in those who would come to him and disciple them. You know, Jesus told Peter, he said, listen, you've been fishing for fish, but I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And I believe in these last days, we're not going to be a bunch of bored believers, but the fire of God is going to begin to burn again when we recognize, like this author said, that spiritual boredom is not our inheritance in Christ. Our expectations have to be that he's still the same God that he was when he walked with his disciples. He's the same. And he says, those who believe in my name, these signs will follow them. 
You're going to cast out devils. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to cleanse the lepers. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to do whatever the Spirit leads you to do in the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. And let me just interject this, that even as God would save households in the book of Acts, that he would save entire families, I'm believing that God, we're going to see families being born again. Each individual in that family is going to make a decision. This Jesus is real. I'm being drawn by the Father. And I'm being moved upon by the Holy Spirit. I want to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and I want him to be my king and my savior. The first church, the Church of Acts, it was a church that was alive in the power of the Holy Spirit. It was exciting. It was faithful. It was bold. And it preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to what this says. Second Corinthians 3, 10 and 11. For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if it was fading away, came with glory, how much greater glory is the glory that which lasts? We are the ones who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. We are the ones that God has lavished his grace upon, that he's raised us up with Jesus. He sent us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, and he is ready to reveal to the world that he is who he says he is, that his church is acting on his behalf in order to bring many sons and daughters into the kingdom through the proclamation of the good news with signs and wonders following. Are you bored? Are you on fire for Jesus? I'm beginning to feel the fire of Jesus is sweeping upon his church, igniting us with a passion for his name. And the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of God is going to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. And we will behold him. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time just to reflect upon the fire that never sleeps. May you ignite our hearts with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And may we never be a people that are bored with what you are doing. May the church come alive in these last days and stand as a testimony that Jesus has saved us and he is the King of Kings and he's the soon coming King. Thank you for this, Father. We bless your name in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, I hope that this stirred your heart. Look up with expectation. God is moving in the earth today. Until I see you again, keep living in such a way that others can follow in your footsteps to Jesus. Remember, you're leaving a legacy of freedom for others to follow in your path. God bless you.